At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. It is the goddamnedest headline I have ever read. Quote, anti-Semites rally around Kanye West as pressure mounts on Adidas to drop him. This is in the Washington Post. And this is happening while educators in Colorado take more steps to indoctrinate kids there into believing that Hitler was actually a socialist and Democrats are socialists. Therefore, Democrats are actually anti-Semites and Hitler was actually a Democrat. It is thus time for me to review the steps you should take the next time somebody tells you that Hitler was a liberal because that next time will be sooner than you think. But first, Kanye West, or what's left of him. His agents dumped him yesterday. CAA, the studio about to present a Kanye West documentary, canceled it. Balenciaga dropped him. Vogue dropped him. Adidas? The thing about it, me and Adidas, is like, I could literally say anti-Semitic, and they can't drop me. I could say anti-Semitic things, and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? Now what? Now you all lose all the money you have. Adidas did nothing. Its stock has dropped 14% in five days. And its history as the official outfitter to the Hitler Youth Program of the 1930s, that's literally true, has come back into the fore. Calls have followed to boycott Adidas that have now expanded to those companies it supplies equipment to, like the National Hockey League, which happens to be rolling out a new series of Adidas uniforms this week. The National Hockey League is about to run right into the why do you support the company that pays that anti-Semite bastard wall? 
In Los Angeles, the investigation continues today into Sunday's stunt on a freeway overpass. Signs hung encouraging people to honk if they believe, quote, Kanye is right about the Jews. The Fox station in L.A. says investigators believe the same openly anti-Semitic group which hung those banners also threw anti-Semitic leaflets onto the streets of Westwood late Saturday night. As I said here yesterday, the Republican fascist Trumpist movement is accelerating its attempt to mainstream anti-Jewish hate speech far more quickly than many anticipated. Trump's social media post warning U.S. Jews have got to get their act together was just nine days ago. The connections between Congressman Paul Gozar and the anti-Semite Nick Fuentes are vivid and ugly. The GOP's nominee for governor of Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano, was already inextricably linked to the anti-Semites of Gab when his nitwit campaign advisor, Jenna Ellis, decided to tell opponent Josh Shapiro that he wasn't really Jewish. But now there is an even deeper and more disturbing acceleration. A member of the State Board of Education in Colorado is trying to alter textbooks, teachers, curricula to rewrite history, to portray the German Nazis of the 1930s as socialists, while simultaneously portraying American liberals of today as socialists, and thus to loudly or just implicitly claim that American Democrats are part of the same group that unleashed the Holocaust. This man's name is Steve Durham, and Axios and Chalkbeat report he has succeeded in removing every reference to the Nazis from the state's academic standards and replacing those references to Nazis with the full name National Socialist German Workers Party. People don't know and have a right to know, Durham says, that this party was and is a socialist party. That is largely lost on the American people and on a number of history teachers as well, unquote. In a final twist of his funhouse mirror knife into the guts of truth, Durham also says, quote, I oppose dumbing down the standards. Indeed, Durham is doing anything but dumbing it down. He is rather cleverly inverting history, erasing and replacing with something that will make somebody stupid enough somewhere to blame all of it from anti-Semitism to the Holocaust to Kanye West on the Democrats. I am not going out on any kind of limb here to suggest that in the weeks and months to come, this will be the Republican Party line about everything pertaining to Jewish people, to anti-Semitism, to genocide, to socialism, to liberalism, to not voting Republican. Trump and his supporters will sooner or later do what this amoral bastard Durham has done at the Colorado State Board of Education. So, assume a MAGA will come up to you shortly and say Hitler was a socialist. Here are some facts to spit in his or her face. It is excruciating to go through this step by step, even by somebody who studied this history for a long time. But it will be necessary. After World War I, when German politics shattered on the street, a locksmith named Drexler founded a tiny political party called the DAP, translating in English as German Workers' Party. A year later, 1920, its handful of members changed the party name to National Socialist German Workers' Party. About then, Adolf Hitler joined the party, and took it over, not unlike the way Trump subsumed the Republican Party, which is no more Republican today than the National Socialists were socialist after Hitler arrived. Hitler liked the name and kept it because, in short, it gave him cover. People would think his National Socialists, his Nazis, were just like all the other parties claiming to represent the oppressed and underpaid working people of post-war Germany. National Socialists was, in short, a brand name. By 1930, Hitler had forced out any lingering liberals from the party and the moderates, and he had gotten funding from major German corporations who also saw the value of having an anti-socialist, anti-worker, anti-freedom party that called itself socialist. By 1933, by encouraging conspiracy theories and vendettas and focusing hatred and violence against various minority groups, especially the Jews, 
Hitler's party was necessary to any kind of political coalition in fractured Germany. We often hear people of all political stripes reminding us that a democracy actually elected Adolf Hitler. In fact, he was not elected at all. He was defeated twice, soundly, by his most bitter opponents, the German Social Democrats. And that is the first question to ask somebody who insists Hitler was a socialist. Why then did the German Social Democratic Party so fiercely oppose him? No, Hitler was not elected. The heads of the two conservative parties, a center-right conservative party and a far-right conservative party, went to the conservative president of Germany and told him Hitler would be the ideal frontman of their new conservative coalition and they could appoint him chancellor of Germany without any risk that he would actually try to run things. We will put him in the corner, said Germany's leading conservative politician. So that's the next question. If Hitler were some kind of socialist, why did the conservatives appoint him chancellor? 29 days after they did that, Hitler arrested 4,000 members of the Communist Party. What kind of socialist jails leftists? Hitler then got the German parliament to vote on a bill to allow him to rule by decree without parliamentary consent because of a supposed national emergency. But just before that vote, he arrested all 81 members of the parliament who were in the Communist Party. What kind of socialist arrests leftist legislators? After three months in office, he decreed that all the labor unions be dissolved. What kind of socialist attacks unions? After sending all the union leaders to concentration camps, Hitler turned to his great rivals, the Social Democrats, and dissolved their party. What kind of socialist dissolves the Democratic Party? One final painful moment from German history of the 1930s that usually silences even the most virulent of historical revisionists on their retroactive wish that Hitler was a socialist and socialists were Democrats, so Democrats are all Hitler. At the first Nazi rally at Nuremberg, the first staged ritualistic expression of the full madness that would end in Auschwitz and in World War II. The first time Hitler tried to expand to scale in 1933, the first confession that Hitler had gone beyond left wing or right wing and was moving to a horror that transcended political orientation. At that first Nuremberg rally, his infamous propagandist Goebbels gave a horrifying speech. And almost every word of it disproves the idea that these fiends were socialists. Goebbels started with, quote, the Versailles Treaty of Non-Peace. And now you know where Trump got that habit. The Unselect Committee, fake news, non-infrastructure bill, the Versailles Treaty of Non-Peace. Quoting Goebbels again, it provided the stage on which National Socialism rose to power. Both in theory and practice, National Socialism opposes liberalism. It is a warning for the entire liberal world that Germany has replaced democracy with an authoritarian system, that liberalism broke under the blows of the national uprising. Those were grim words in 1933. They are grim but useful words in 2022, and remember them well. We will have to beat back the fascists with them. And let me leaven things just a bit by circling back to the man we would otherwise today be calling poor Kanye West. At 6.06 p.m. Eastern last night, an account called Daybook Jobs sent out the last of its daily postings for a wide variety of open job positions, it seems to be some sort of automatic, maybe a bot account. There does not seem to be either rhyme or reason for the positions or kinds of positions it tweets. Some are in workforce improvement. Some are in environmental justice. And one is in concept to consumer management. Quote, Adidas seeks a concept to consumer manager for its line Yeezy. Yeezy, Adidas's Kanye West brand, quote, to develop category seasonal yearly plans and forecasts. 
I've got the Yeezy forecast for you right over here. The candidate must also have a special skill to, quote, support creation and update cross-category strategic business plans to enable financial success through 2025 and beyond. How about through Thursday and beyond? And finally, and especially, quote, the candidate must identify and escalate any risks. You know, you'd think Adidas and Kanye West already had the escalate any risks part covered damn well. Still ahead on Countdown, bravo Ron DeSantis. If that had been me beaten senseless at that debate last night, I would have fled the country by now. In sports, who predicted in 2013 that the next time the Philadelphia Phillies would be in the World Series would be 2022? And in worse persons, do not lie to Ted Kennedy. As Samuel Alito will find out today, even from beyond the grave, Ted Kennedy will get you. That's next. This is Countdown. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you run for office or take on the country's biggest problems, but they can help you solve one of the peskiest problems at home, pests. You know, the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, even the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know intricate political strategy, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. Still ahead on Countdown, the Penn State Proud Boys Comedy Festival goes about as well as you would expect. Proud Boys pepper spray students. And from beyond the grave, Ted Kennedy can still blow up Sam Alito in worse persons. First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need whom you can help. Every dog has its day. We go to Houston, where Blue River Animal Rescue has saved Jerry. Jerry was emaciated. He had puncture wounds. He was in agony. They pulled him off death row. They've healed him up, only to discover he had untreated heartworm, and now he has an enlarged heart. His prognosis is poor. It's unclear how much time he has, but he's a sweet dog, and he deserves all the love he can get while he's here. Having adopted a hospice puppy, I can tell you it is heartbreaking and yet simultaneously as rewarding as anything I've ever done. And my boy Mishu seemed to find it worthwhile, too. Donations for Jerry, please, via Blue River Animal Rescue on Cuddly. Or if you could be his foster, he'll be in the pinned tweet on my account for dogs in need. Tom Jumbo Grumbo, your donation, big or small, will be gratefully welcomed, as will your retweet of Jerry's story. Thank you. Postscripts to the news, some headlines, some insights, some snark. Dateline, Fort Pierce, Florida, kind of a surprise this morning. Ron DeSantis has not resigned as governor of Florida after his performance in a debate against Charlie Crist last night. DeSantis is a braver man than I am, or a much, 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 much dumber one. Ron, you talk about Joe Biden a lot. I understand you think you're going to be running against him. I can see how you might get confused, but you're running for governor. You're running for governor. And I have a question for you. You're running for governor. Why don't you look in the eyes of the people of the state of Florida and say to them, if you're reelected, you will serve a full four year term as governor. Yes or no? Yes or no, Ron? Will you serve a full four-year term if you're re-elected governor of Florida? It's not a tough question. It's a fair question. He won't tell you. Ron DeSantis just stood there, blinking like a broken stoplight. He did briefly say something that sounded like he was trying to call a timeout. It was not clear if Ron DeSantis is stuffed or inflated. It was like that all night. You try to be objective about these things. I mean, I think Katie Hobbs has made Carrie Lake the next governor of Arizona by refusing to debate her. But in that context, and it may or may not make any difference in Florida, Chris could not have cut up DeSantis anymore if he had been using an electric turkey carver. Dateline New York, surprisingly upbeat polls from CNN in Pennsylvania. Fetterman over Oz by 6%. Shapiro over Mastriano by 15 In Michigan, Whitmer by 6 Wisconsin, Evers by 2 Mandela Barnes down to Ron Johnson by 1 Dateline Penn State, this is why you do not invite the founder of the Proud Boys to give a, quote, comedy show on campus. Number one, he's not funny. Two, anti-Proud Boy protesters were not only nearly trampled by cops, but a Proud Boys member either pepper sprayed or maced the protesters. The event was canceled. Now the Proud Boys can go around claiming they were canceled. And, of course, they can go on the 10,000 conservative media outlets and whine about being canceled like the little spineless snowflake twits they are. Dateline Mar-a-Lago, prosecutors are debating whether to coerce or caress two key Trump document kleptomania cases. The New York Times reports the boxman, Walt Nauta, apparently gave two different answers in two different FBI interviews to the question, did Trump order you to move those boxes of classified documents? And they want Cash Patel to give them some kind of an answer that isn't invoking the Fifth Amendment and have approached, quote, a top federal judge in Washington to force Mr. Patel to testify. They could either charge Patel and or Nuata or grant them immunity. 
Dateline, the Supreme Court knew high and low from Clarence Thomas. He temporarily has stayed a lower court order that Lindsey Graham must testify to the Georgia grand jury investigating his communications to the Secretary of State in an attempt to overturn 2020 election results there. Problem, of course, is his wife, Ginny Thomas, made at least a dozen communications trying to overturn 2020 election results. It is a total conflict of interest, even if you're Clarence Thomas, even if you are a member of the Supreme Republican religious court. This is Sports Center. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. In sports, the World Series starts. Next month or in in February or something, nice handy four-day break so both teams and the weather and the fans can get cold. They resume Friday in Houston. The big question, will the Astros go undefeated in the postseason and will New Balance and Indeed keep running those ads starring Francisco Lindor of the Mets, whose last game as of Game 1 of the World Series will have been 19 days earlier. One last note from the American League Championship Series. I have been estranged from the Yankees and their fans for 10 years now, but they sure came up big when they spotted Ted Cruz in the stands in the Bronx Sunday night. Here is the clean part. I mean, they worked in Trump, January 6th, Cruz's wife, and Cancun. Bravo, Bronx. An old new manager in baseball, Bruce Bochy, winner of three World Series with the Giants, loser of one with the Padres, formerly introduced as the new manager of the Texas Rangers. Bochy news always flashes me back to July 1978, when as a 19-year-old kid, I went to photograph the Houston Astros at Shea Stadium in New York, and there was this new Astros catcher there with a giant batting helmet, like a size eight and a half, who I recognized from minor league baseball cards he was on, and I helped to produce. And he had a head bigger than mine. I asked him about it. His name was Bruce Bochy. I was there on his first day in the big leagues. Did his portrait, too. Lastly, this was sent to me yesterday by a Phillies fan, Alex Eben Meyer, in fact, who designed the logo for this podcast, by the way. It is a retweet dated December 17th, 2013. At Travaux's PA has written to me, quote, come to a Phillies game this year. They'll win another World Series. I have RT'd him, but I have added, quote, I'll go this year. But the next World Series is circa 2022. I correctly predicted the Phillies' next World Series appearance nearly nine years before it happened. Profit without honor and without any memory of having made that prediction. Coming up, 23 years ago today, I paid $2,000 in cash plus a World Series ticket for exclusive video of Roger Clemens coming this close to a fist fight with a Yankee fan during the off day of the 1999 World Series. And then I made the decision not to run the video and they pretty much fired me for it. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. The bronze. Hey, you remember that right-wing troll, Jacob Wall? The really bad right-wing troll? He has pleaded guilty to fifth-degree felony telecommunications fraud for having made robocalls before the 2020 elections in Cleveland, accusing Robert Mueller and others of criminality. Wall and his stooge Jack Berkman will now pay fines of $2,500 and will be sentenced next month to up to a year in jail. Runners-up, soccer's World Cup looming in Qatar. You'd have to say it may or may not happen at this point. The players are protesting because, uh, well, Qatar pretty much has slavery. As qualifying began, the Norwegian team players wore shirts reading Human Rights On and Off the Pitch, 
Dutch players wore football supports change. The German team's shirts combined to spell out human rights. Top teams in Norway have formally called to boycott the cup in Qatar. And of course, the World Cup is being pimped here in the United States by Fox. But our winner, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito. Today, a new book comes out. It's called Ted Kennedy, A Life. It quotes from the late senator's diary. When Alito was nominated to the court by George W. Bush, Senator Kennedy met with Alito. It happened on November 15, 2005. The senator pressed him about it and pressed about Roe v. Wade. I am a believer in precedence, Kennedy quotes Alito. People would find I adhere to that. I recognize there is a right to privacy. I think it's settled. Kennedy had an ace up his sleeve. He had a copy of a memo Alito had written 20 years earlier when he was a flunky in the Reagan administration, as opposed to being a flunky now. Alito, in the memo, boasted of his opposition to Roe v. Wade. Kennedy's diary says Alito told him not to pay too much attention to the memo. Quote, he had been seeking a promotion and wrote what he thought his bosses wanted to hear. I was a younger person. I've matured a lot, Alito said. Yeah, he matured into a more convincing goddamn liar. Whenever Senator Ted Kennedy is mentioned, I always flash back to the day before the Obama inauguration when I met two of his sons at a lunch organized by MSNBC. They said their father had hoped to attend the lunch to say hello to me, but he was reserving his waning strength for the inauguration itself. Now that he's in the house all the time, he watches a lot of TV, one of his sons told me. The good news is he wants you to know you are his go-to newscaster. The other one laughed and said, but the bad news is that means he also wanted us to tell you, don't F it up. Sam Alito effed it up. He lied. Kennedy saw through him, voted against him because Alito is a liar who lies, who has no place on the Supreme Court, who has no place on the people's court. Justice Sam, whatever. I'll just lie about it later and blame somebody else. Alito, today's worst person in the world! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you run for office or take on the country's biggest problems, but they can help you solve one of the peskiest problems at home, pests. You know, the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, even the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know intricate political strategy, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Now to the number one story on the countdown and my favorite subject, me and things I promise not to tell. And this one literally fits that title. I not only promised not to tell this, I lost a job because I wouldn't tell it. I am proud of my journalistic ethics and sometimes, well, a lot of times, I boast too much about them. But I invoked them once, 23 years ago today, on October 25th, 1999. And if I had not, and if I had wanted to do any job anywhere for 23 years, I would still be hosting the Fox Baseball Game of the Week and the upcoming World Series on Fox. But I couldn't, because there are facts, and then there is truth, and often they are different things. I'm covering the 1999 World Series for Fox's first attempt to compete with ESPN. I'm also the Fox Baseball host, and I'm the senior correspondent of Fox Sports News. So we are going live from the field after each World Series game for like two hours. The Yankees froze the Braves in the first two games of that World Series in Atlanta. And then on the off day, the travel day, Monday morning, the 25th, the producers and crew flew out before sunrise to set up at Yankee Stadium. And the rest of us lazy, quote, talent, unquote, we flew out at midday. As we landed in New York, I got a call from the lead producer who said, don't go to the hotel first. Come right to the ballpark. Something amazing has just happened, and I need you to decide to do whatever we're going to do about it. So I go, and as the October sun is beginning to set over Yankee Stadium, I get this story. As the Yankee players have left the workout to go home and get a good night's sleep, maybe, before Game 3 the next day, Roger Clemens of the Yankees has gotten into an argument with a fan, with a Yankees fan. At the old Yankee Stadium, players had to walk a very short gauntlet, maybe 100 feet, from the ballpark exit to the players' parking lot. In retrospect, this seems kind of crazy, but fans could wait behind police barricades and yell and cheer and seek autographs and start arguments. And as Roger Clemens steps out of the stadium, golf visor atop his head, his thoughts turning to his first World Series appearance in 13 years, his start in Game 4, which could very well be the game in which the Yankees would sweep the Braves and win the World Series, the climax of a long odyssey that has just brought him to New York that season, a fan starts screaming at him that he has no right to be there. If you wanted to come here, you could have come here in 96, but you didn't want to be here. For all I know, this is one of the guys who was yelling at Ted Cruz Sunday night at Yankee Stadium. Anyway, Roger Clemens is not Ted Cruz. He's six foot four, 205 then. He had a hair trigger temper, and as we suspected then and heard later, was reportedly hopped up on steroids and amphetamines, at least on game days. Amazingly, the fan was bigger than he was, much bigger, and the fan clearly started it. Clemens jousted with him verbally, but backed away. He then walked away and got into his waiting car and was about to be driven off when the fans said something about Roger Clemens's kids. Well, Clemens got back out of the car. The fans somehow got around the police barricades and immediately the two of them were face to face, their noses almost touching, forefingers jabbing at each other's chests and faces. They were a split second away from a brawl. Another smaller fan tried to interrupt Clemens by repeating, it's not worth it, Roger, it's not worth it. And finally, somebody grabbed the six-foot-seven fan, and Clemens beat Red, backed away again, shouted a few epithets, and it was over. 
it was a story, it was dramatic, and it was made for New York's tabloid newspapers, and it was in the middle of the World Series, and there were no reporters present. But it was on videotape. Yet another fan had one of those early handheld 1999 digital camcorders, and he was just recording the players leaving the ballpark, and he recorded this. And the fan wanted to sell somebody the tape. The guy showed our producer the video, and our producer verified it showed the near fight. The fan wanted $2,000 in cash, plus a ticket to Game 5 of the series. I was the only person from Fox there who had any game tickets. And the guy was adamant, no ticket. He would wait until the sportscasters from the local station set up for their live shots later that day. He would offer the tape to each of them. Oh, and he also wanted the tape back after we were done with it. So I did not wait. I said yes. Let me round up two grand in cash, in the Bronx, in the street outside the empty Yankee Stadium, in the dark. Give me the tape. I'll give you the money. Tomorrow we'll meet here at 4 p.m. and I'll give you the tape back and a ticket to game five. So now we have to get him the cash. Now, I grew up in that Yankee Stadium. And before then, I grew up in the Bronx. I know where everything is. So I go to the hidden ATM behind home plate and I withdraw the maximum that machine will give me, $200. We're still a little short. I now go to every reporter and every producer Fox has at this World Series until I find nine of them willing to do just what I did. I write them checks made out to cash for 200 bucks each, and now I've got $2,000 in 20s in the Bronx, in the street outside empty Yankee Stadium, in the dark. It occurs to me as I'm giving the guy the money that legally I have bought the tape. Not Fox. Me. It's my money. Most importantly, it's my ticket. No deal without the ticket. So now that it's not being sold to anybody else, just me, the producer says, by the way, when the guy showed me the tape, it does not start at the beginning of the fight. And I say, uh-oh. And he says, yeah. And I say, we got to look at this before we feed it to headquarters in L.A., because the moment they get this tape, they're going to run it nonstop tonight and nonstop tomorrow and nonstop Wednesday. Plus, we are Fox. We own the New York Post. They will put color stills from this videotape on the front page and the back page and in a nice, colorful middle spread. This is when my phone rings. And it is my immediate boss. His name is Terenzio. And Terenzio never wanted to hire me. And I never wanted to work for him. And oh, by the way, he has not had a job in television that I've been able to find out about since. And he's heard that I have this tape and he sees it as his ticket to success within Fox. And he's telling me about his plans to get it on Fox News and in the Post and worldwide through Rupert Murdoch. And I say, we don't even know what's on this tape yet. And our truck doesn't have anything to play it on. So we're going to have to go to an electronic store and buy a camcorder and figure this out. And this Terenzio interrupts me and starts swearing at me. Now, despite what is often written, I am not the caricature of the angry employee that my reputation might suggest to you. But if you swear at me, I'm not going to get more reasonable, am I? I'm going to get less reasonable. So it is at this point that I tell Terenzio that the owner of the tape is me, and I'm going to make these decisions, not him, and that I'm going to hang up now so I can go look at the tape first. My producer and I go to one of the 700 electronics stores along 7th Avenue in Midtown, the ones that have been holding going out of business sales continuously since the year 1980. I am not exaggerating. Every week or so, I pass the exact store where we bought that digital camcorder in 1999. The store is still there. The store is going out of business sale is also still there. We sit down at a nice restaurant, order a nice meal, and we look at the tape, and the video is amazingly well shot, but there is that one fatal problem. Our amateur videographer didn't miss the start of the confrontation between Clemens and the fan. He has hit record only as Clemens is getting back out of his car. You do not see the fan starting it, yelling at him. You do not see the fan threatening Clemens. You do not see the fan swearing at Clemens's kids. What you see, beautifully framed, by the way, against the setting sun of a late October evening, is Roger Clemens just getting out of a car 
without any visible provocation going over and shoving his finger in the face of some random Yankee fan in a Yankees hat. Now, there are at least 40 moments in this video that could be turned into beautiful color photographs for the New York Post. And everything Clemens says to the fan is clearly audible, and so too is everything the fan says back. But anybody seeing that video, no matter how much preamble we could possibly give it, no matter how carefully we reconstructed how the fan started it, how he escalated it, how Clemens backed away, how the fan relit the fuse, how this was not Roger Clemens's fault, no matter how well we did that, if you saw this video, you would say, well, no, that, that, that's Roger Clemens's fault. It's human nature. With great disappointment, I said to my producer, damn it. Journalistically, we can't run this. We're hanging Clemens if we run this. This is like the only time in his life it hasn't been his fault. But this is not his fault. My producer let out a long sigh. Thank God you said that. I want to run it more than anything else in the world, but we can't. And I said, there are facts, and then there is the truth. What we have on this tape is facts. What we do not have is truth, unfortunately. My phone rang. Now it was my boss's boss, Terenzio's boss. His name was Arthur Smith. He was a Canadian. He called people things like Schmendrick and Schmoo. I liked him a lot. Okay, Bobby, he says, what's going on? I explained to him, and he quickly said, you're right, but your boss wants me to get that tape from you or fire you or something. He's screaming about how we're going to get scooped on this story when we have the only video. Give me a way out of this, Bobby. So I gave him a way out. I said, look, I'll go to my folks' house in the suburbs tomorrow. I'll make a couple copies of this video, and I will erase the original tape. Then I'll go to Yankee Stadium. I'll have a copy of this video in my pocket, and if there is a hint, a hint that anybody else has this story, I will go right to the truck and feed you the whole tape immediately, and I won't even charge you the $2,000 I spent to get it. And he says, I like this. That's a good way out. But how are you going to know if anybody else is onto the story? And I told him, look, the Yankees won't want this story to get out, and I will use this fact against them. I will use this fact to get them to tell me if anybody has asked them about the story. I mean, the public relations director is a childhood friend of mine. We will work together on this because we have facts, but we do not have truth. And he says, stop saying that. You sound like a schmendrick. So the next morning, I go to the folks, I use my father's collection of videotape machines, and I make three copies, one for me to carry, one for me to give to the Yankees, and one to leave in the hands of a neutral outside observer, my mother. And we go to Yankee Stadium, and I explain to this thing to this friend of 25 years of mine, the PR director, and all he says is, thank you. And he swears he will warn me if he hears that anything about any other reporter having this story is even rumored. Two hours later, he comes up to me. Jack Curry from the New York Times asked to talk to Roger. He's heard. He's going to talk to Roger as Roger walks back to the clubhouse. You could maybe follow them before you feed the tape. And I said, yeah, that sounds good. And I followed them. And Clemens lies through his teeth to Jack Curry and says it was nothing. And no, they didn't have their fingers in each other's faces. And Curry believes him. And Clemens goes into the Yankee clubhouse. And Jack Curry wheels around and says, nice eavesdropping. And I say, I I'm really sorry. You're right, but I'll, I'll explain to you why I had to do it, but I'll explain it to you much, much later. And the next morning, the morning of the day that we'll see Roger Clemens win his first World Series game after 16 years of trying as the Yankees sweep the Braves in the World Series, there is a very brief mention on page 40-something of the New York Times about the shouting match with the fan, and there's no picture, and nobody notices the story, and Clemens lies in it throughout. And the next spring, I see Jack Curry, and he is still angry with me. And so I hand him a copy of the videotape, and I say, this is why I had to know what you knew about Clemens. And he goes, and he watches it somewhere, and he comes back to me, and he's all smiles, and he says, how did you get away with not running this? And I tell him the story, and he says, but Clemens lied to me. And I say, Clemens lies to everybody. That's not the point. And he says, yeah, there's a difference between facts and truth. And I say, ooh, there's a difference between facts and truth. Hey, that's good. Let me write that down. I've done all the damage I can do here. 
twice in his life it was not Roger Clemens' fault, and I was an eyewitness to both. Since you've listened this far, help me out, spread the word, tell somebody about the podcast, get them to subscribe. Most of the music, including our theme here from Beethoven's Ninth, was arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel, who are the Countdown musical directors. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray, produced by TKO Brothers. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by No Horns Allowed. The sports music is the Olbermann theme from ESPN2, and it was written by Mitch Warren Davis, and it appears courtesy of ESPN Inc. Musical comments by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was Tony Kornheiser. Everything else was pretty much my fault. That's Countdown for this, the 658th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him now while we still can. A new episode tomorrow. Until then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.